Do you know how you tend to respond whenever you feel threatened or somehow out of control of your life? What do you tend to do whenever you feel subject to whim or caprice or when someone with whom you are necessarily connected is acting out again and you once more have to deal with that person's, what you consider that person's bad behavior? You know, your ex-husband or your mother or your problem child is up to it one more time and is getting your goat and demanding your attention. How do you characteristically respond? Well, many of us get bent out of shape. We get filled with righteous indignation, cast around looking for someone to blame or someone to punish, imagining that that will make us feel better. Or we stew, or we replay things in our minds and find we're rehearsing our rage. Or, or, is, or is that just me? That's, no. <laughs> It's a small step from there to wanting to exclude the offenders from our life, to set boundaries, to make sure that ever, whatever's happening will not happen again. And to some degree, this kind of reaction of, to having our life turned upside down is normal, and it's, part, and, and it's human, and, and it's especially if we act on those feelings, it's part and parcel of sin. And it's that kind of stuff that our reading from Hebrews suggests that we don't have to do anymore that the issue is taken care of uh, with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water, that somehow the sacrifice of Jesus in this, in this letter has fixed things. Now, a few weeks ago, I discussed sacrifice as the free offering of ourselves, and the shedding of blood is about giving of the stuff of life, what is essential to being able to live in the way we've created to live. But it's still not clear how it is that Jesus' sacrifice is meant to help us not get bent out of shape or find our lives further distorted when we're under real duress. It's still not clear that anything really has changed. So what's, what's it all about? Well, some of the answer is given in this kind of literature that we're going to hear a lot of in the weeks to come called apocalyptic uh, prophets of Jesus' time and going back and, and then going forward used this very bizarre imagery. There's a sense of urgency about the end times. There's, a, there's, there's often a fight between good and evil. Sometimes there are extraordinary visions in this sort of literature, these ways in which prophets talked about the truth that they perceived. And Jesus was no different in, a, in this sense than the other, the other prophets. And um, and, and Mark chapter 13, which we're hearing this week, is sometimes called the little apocalypse. And this word apocalypse means unveiling. What is being unveiled, then, is the whole system of violence by which we dominate one another, the destructive nature of that system. Jesus, in his person, shows what happens if you don't, let the, if you don't play in the system. He warns the authorities that reliance on military power rather than God's power will, will it result in the destruction of the temple. But more than that, Jesus is living, showing what it means to live in a way that is not bound up with this endless cycle of violent feeling that leads us to violent actions and exclusions and scapegoats and so on. And, and it cost him his life. His death unveils this whole system. It, it can often be very civilized, this mechanism. We all, we all participate to some degree or another. We've got a debate going on in our own 
international church at the moment that is, in my view, a very, uh, very civilized way of dressing up this same mechanism. And it's talk about a covenant for, for Anglicans. And the, most of the argument is around the, the piece of the covenant that actually has teeth that is about how to make sure that some people don't behave in ways that others don't like. And that's really the bottom line of this thing. And what, what it will happen if it passes, and it may well, and it, it's not all bad, but it's, it's, it's going to be a means, a very civilized, very thoughtful, very Christian means of excluding people. And, and, and that's just the same stuff going on. It's, 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 it's meant to be protecting the integrity of the church, but as so often happens, it seems to be more about uh, creating bodies and people with international powers. And those who want that kind of expression of Catholicity have a very fine option in the Roman Catholic communion and might do well to accept the Pope's accommodations. <laughs> that if There'd be much in the press and the blogosphere of late. The harder way will, be, will often be relationship over rules and mutual respect instead of um, hierarchical imperium because rules and power and authority do not change hearts. They don't help us when we are bent out of shape, when someone's pulling our strings. They may seem as if they do because we can punish and we can exclude and we can make sure this never happens again. We can refuse to pick up the telephone when our mother calls, whatever it is. It, we all do it. And it's the kind of thing that so quickly leads to pain and grief and destruction. It's what's unveiled in the apocalypse. There is no mechanism or magic that will help us when we believe ourselves victims of caprice or find that we're having our strings pulled by another person. The capacity to stay calm in the face of storming feelings, the capacity to stay non-anxious, as Jesus did, in the face of threats, comes from practicing the faith, from remembering who we are, from telling and retelling and engaging and, and taking into our being the story, doing the practices, saying our prayers, reading the scriptures, meeting together, worshiping, all of those things in the end will help us to respond rather than react when life throws us a curve. I've got one specific practice that I find helpful. A teacher of mine, now dead, uh, talked about watching a jazz combo, trio. It was a, an amplified piano and a drum set and a double bassist. And the double bassist was sitting out a number, but the amplification was so loud and the microphones were so loud that the strings started to vibrate and cause feedback screeching feedback through the sound system. And so in order, in order that he not participate in unhelpful ways in the music, the, the bassist actually had to damp down his strings. He had to, he had to stop himself, his instrument, uh, getting caught up and making a horrible noise. That's kind of what happens when we allow ourselves to get bent out of shape. Can we dampen down our strings by a little time? Get a little distance, make space so we're able to respond, to know what's ours and what's not ours, rather than reacting through blaming or venom or punching or screaming or wheedling or whatever it is 
that we find ourselves doing at such times. It's time to slow down. Remember what is yours, what belongs to others. Set and act out of proper and non-coercive boundaries. Mourn the loss of whatever it is we believe we lose when we choose to change the way we behave and to celebrate the freedom that we experience when we participate in the body of Christ in these non-violent ways. As Hebrews would have it, talking of the practice of faith, something like this. Since Jesus has unveiled the system by which we manage things with violence, by creating outsiders and scapegoats and the like, and since Jesus has shown and made possible another way, since we have a great priest over the house of God, then let us approach with full assurance of faith. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us provoke one another to good deeds rather than evil ones, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. That's the practice. And that's the consequence of Jesus' sacrifice that can make a real difference in the way we live. Eleven in the world. So we can enjoy our customary time of silence to consider how we can respond in some tricky relationship in our life and ask grace that we may experience the freedom that comes from being in Christ. In silence and in response to the gospel, let us pray.